0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. <clears throat> On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516 516- 453 Four five three nine one one eight, or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com podcast. Excuse me, blogtalkradio. forward slash reconnect my heart podcast. Let me say it again: www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Reconnect My Heart Podcast. That's Reconnect My Heart Podcast. Also, for those who may want to see the video version of Reconnect My Heart, you can go to www.reconnectmyheartpodcast.com. Also, for those who are on uh, social media, you can go to my Facebook page as well as my YouTube channel, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Piazza Paul, R-A, a Tom E R, Brother Prater. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and I hope and pray that you all had a successful, successful day. Now, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right on to the show. On today's show, we're going to talk about steps to qualify yourself for the next level. We're going to talk about that and also really just, uh some things not only to qualify ourselves but even bring up some things that may disqualify us there are some things that we need to do to even uh just do a self-evaluation so we're going to talk about these things and much more in the episode called prep talk prep talk preparing yourself for something greater preparing yourself for something greater um as i was uh thinking this week Uh, A lot of things really kind of come upon my mind, and what came to me, began to uh, prepare myself, what do I need to talk about on today's show? And I began to think about when David spoke to Samson. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Mess it up. Not Samson, Solomon, I'm sorry. When David spoke to his son, Solomon, and it was like, really just talking, really just um, having a father-son conversation, kind of preparing, almost like especially me speaking as a father, preparing our son for the future. And so that was the thing that really kind of came upon my heart as I began to prepare for this message. And so uh, this is pretty much the conversation that – if you want to say how I had in my mind and um, looking at actually going to Proverbs, even thinking about Proverbs, Proverbs is uh, – part of is pretty much David just sharing, if you want to say, like I said, giving that fatherly advice. And so the do's and don'ts, you know, what to do, what not to do. And that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to just kind of just share with you all, as well as to myself. Uh, one of the things I always tell people, regardless of if I'm preaching, teaching, ministering, counseling, or whatever, whatever I share with someone, I always look at myself as that third person right there. Because a lot of times, God will give you information for others, but most importantly, for both of you all. You know, you never know, someone may come to you that's mirroring the same situation as you, and sometimes it's hard for us to be able to uh, think about any type of advice, or sometimes we may forget, we may not even uh, take heed to our own advice, but sometimes when you end up ministering to someone else, when you listen to yourself, a lot of times God will speak through you, to you. And so like I said, that's one of the things I wanted us to be able to just just look at. So so today we're gonna to talk about uh prep talk preparing ourselves. Uh the first thing and it's the first step it is in this order. But then everything else may be kinda of out of order but it's not really a set order other than the first one. The first one going to Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So the first principle is put and keep God first. Put and keep God first in every of your life. Like I said, Matthew 6 and 33, we talk about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning God's way of being right. Doing the right thing the right way. So even just that verse right there, it has so many principles. Number one, is talking about, you know, putting God first, but also it's talking about a lot of characteristics, our own characteristics that we should be displaying. And so and motive, character and motive. Uh, Also looking at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Go on to that right now, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean out to thy own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct our paths or make our pathway straight. So just those two right there, if you just hold on to those two right there, hey, you know. That that will solve a lot of our problems that we have put upon ourselves. So putting God first, keeping God first in every area of our life. Also, the other thing we have to do is learn to manage or balance or maintain. Learn to manage, balance, and maintain your time, money, and talent. Now, first starting at looking at managing your time, one of the key things that a successful person has to do is being able to manage your time. Now, in managing the time, the first thing we have to do, and this pertains to any job, and I'm going to tell you, there are some things that I'm going to share with you all that have hit me over the head throughout the year. There are some that are even hitting me right now. One of the steps is being on time, being on time at your job. You know, I found that it's so important, and a lot of times people will look at you when you are not punctual at work. You know, and like I said, those that know me, I've been I've been known to be late on several things. And the one thing you don't want to do is have a stigma of, always being late. Matter of fact, and this is years ago, and this would caught my attention, you know, I was so used to being late. One of my coworkers saw me, and this was years after I, have, I haven't seen him in a while, and all of a sudden he said, hey, hey, Prater, Prater, what's going on, man? You still be late. Well, I didn't have time to talk to him then. You know why? Because I was rushing because I was late. <laughs> I was running late for work. And so that hit me. He remembered how I was back then, and he saw me years later, and he called me out on it without him even being aware that he was calling me out on it. That, you know, when you're guilty about something, you know, you get that little feeling like, man, you know, your conscience will not, will not make you rest. So. We got to be on time. One of the things, uh, I actually had a conversation with uh, some coworkers this week, and they caught my attention. I was like, man, you know, we were talking about being on time. And like I said, when I was growing up, I would see people make it to work 30 minutes early and, you know, 45 an hour early early at work, you know. And I'm like, man, it sucks. Forget that. I got things I got to do. I come in at the last minute. But, see, what happened, we don't make room for accidents. There might be an accident. There might be traffic. You know, there was someone I met, he said he caught a flat. He caught a flat. He ended up having to change it and still made it to work on time.
2: I'm like, man,
1: you know. And so when I begin to start implementing that into my character you know, things begin to start happening better. It was no longer a rush or a stress, me starting off my work hours with a stressful environment or even with a stressful attitude because I'm rushing, I'm, I'm panicking. You know, um, I like to go to, sometimes I would go to the cleaners, and the cleaners were open at 630. Well, that's Good enough time for me to drop off my clothes and still make it to work on time. But if you think about it, supposed to open at 630. But what would aggravate me is when the ladies pull up to open up at 630. She will pull up in the parking lot at 630 to, to open up, prepare, and then open the shop. I'm like, wait a minute now. We're supposed to have this thing open at 6.30, which means you got to be there before 6.30. The staff members need to be there before 6.30 to be ready to open at 6.30. If you're supposed to open at 6.30, that doesn't mean that you get to your job at 6.30 and then open, because, you know, you're going to have to have some some prep time. Same thing with us. Think about it. You know, if we're supposed to be at work at, let's say, 9 o'clock, then if our business open at 9 o'clock, then we should be there in enough time for us to be able to be ready as soon as 9 o'clock hits. Bam! The open sign should be on. Well, that's why we have to be able to just be prepared for us to go ahead and be on time, or even before time, that way we can be ready. Uh, The raster Stone Cold Steve Austin, said if he's Five minutes before time, he is on time. But if he's right on time, then he's late. And then, matter of fact, like I said, my coworker was talking today, uh this week, and he was saying, if he's 15 minutes early, he's right on time. But if he's five minutes before time, or even right on time, then he's late. And I was like, man, you know, that's the principle I need to implement in my life. You know, now, like I said, I've gotten a whole lot better. I've gotten a lot better. I have not been late in a while. Thank God for that. But for us to be able to be on time, it shows that we're taking things seriously. Like I said, a lot of times when, when we don't make it on time to some people, it's showing that we don't care. We're not, we don't care about our job. We don't care about uh, what we're th- supposed to be there for so we have to we have to make sure that we're on time or even before time, so that way we can have everything done, we can be prepared for work also, if you really think about it, it shows that sometimes our priorities are messed up, like i said i'm not this is not fussing at anybody, even if nobody else listens. This is me even just exposing me. This really opened my eyes because you know. I'm very passionate about the things that I'm involved in. I don't want to be misconstrued that I'm not concerned. Yes, I'm very concerned. Well, if I was concerned about certain things, then that means that I would be before time or on time. I'm like, you know what? I never thought about it like that. So this is just something that would help me to be able to be aware of, hey, that's something I have to implement. That's something I have to do. And like I said, this even the Bible tells us confession is good for the soul. So, even just some of the things that I've participated in or been a, been a part of or whatever, there are some things that I've been late. Sometimes not intentionally. Sometimes it's like things happen. Of course, you know, there are some things that may happen that's totally out of our control. Stuff happens. But then on the other hand, and like I said, in growing up, my attitude was I'll get there when I get there. You know, if I'm having fun, if I'm enjoying, I was the type, hey, look here, I ain't worried about time. If I'm here, if I'm enjoying myself, if I'm I'm enjoying fellowship or even working, hey, if it's somewhere else I need to be at a certain time, I get there when I get there. You know, so what we have to do, we have to make sure that – If we're supposed to be at a certain place, uh, if we're supposed to be doing something, we need to be on time. And even that old saying, your word is your bond. A lot of times when we say, hey, we make a commitment, and a lot of times it's not just a written contract, sometimes a verbal agreement. You know, when they hired us at our job, we made an agreement that not only that we would do what we hired for, but we also will be on time. We will be there. We will be there, and we will best represent them. Those are the things that we do when we make an agreement of employment. So one of those things, they want us to be on time, and so that's something that we have to do. So us being on time. Also, when I said being able to uh, manage, balance, and maintain Uh, I spoke about time. The other thing we got to talk about, our money. We need to learn to pay off our debt. (laughs) We got to pay off our debt and also look at what's on our credit. We need to clean up our credit. Like I said, a lot of things that God began to share with me. Matter of fact, I'm sharing with y'all a lot of things that God was sharing with me because, of course, we all want to be blessed. We want to be blessed. We want God to, you know, pour down his Favor on us, give us the blessings and all that stuff. But if we want the blessings of God, we have to show Him that we're responsible. We can be responsible for what we want Him to give us by how we handle what He already gave us. We have to we have to make sure that we clean up our credit. And also, a lot of times, it's not just the stuff that's on our credit. But even the people that we owe, you think about it. If you owe somebody, it's going to pay them back. Just point blank. Point blank, because to be honest with you, it's hard. It's really hard to dodge people that you owe, especially when it's family, or especially if it's somebody that you have a relationship with. And not just a boyfriend or girlfriend. Think about your friends, you know, people that – People that trusted you enough to give you what you asked for because they were trying to help you out. Don't stiff them. Don't stiff them. And also, like I said, the Bible tells us to owe no man. So if we owe credit, creditors, let's go knock it out. You know, now, of course, you think about it. Let's just say, and matter of fact, I give y'all perfect example. And those that know me, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. You know, I'm owed hospital bills and all that, but I thought about it. I could easily dispute it and have it wiped off, but did I did I cause that bill? Yes, I did. Well, if I caused the bill, I need to pay the bill. You know, it's, it's all about being a person of integrity, being, in other words, being honest, be honest. So if you owe somebody, pay them. Think about this. Think about a barber. Okay, a barber may charge, let's say, $20 for her cut. Now, you're not just paying for his service, but you're paying for his time. So if you owe somebody because they have given you their time or their service, how about you pay them back? Think about it. We're asking God to help us to be in a position for greater. So We have to set the scene for us to be done right by doing right for others. Remember that old saying, you reap what you sow. So if you don't want anybody to owe you, then how about we go ahead and make peace with our past and pay off those that we owed, which means we need to check our credit. We need to clean our credit up. Also, managing, balancing, For maintaining your, I said time, I spoke about money, now your talent. This is something that God began to deal with me on because a lot of times what happened, we have allowed ourselves to be, to allow our time, excuse me, our talent, we have allowed ourselves to have our talents be pimped. In other words, there are people that will use your talent. I don't care if you are an anointed singer. I don't care if you are a spokesperson. I don't care what you do. The thing is, you have to be responsible for your talent. You know, God may have you to be in a position for you to be able to make, make money off of whatever talent that you have. Now, the key thing, it's one thing when a person with a good heart, and you know, hey, do you mind doing this for me? And you say, okay, no problem. And then they give you a little something. They bless you. That's fine and dandy. But what happens, there are some people that will know a talent that you may have and would deliberately try to milk you, try to use you. It doesn't matter what profession. And like I said, this is not just for those who are outside of the church, but it's happening even those for within the church. It can happen. So that's why God wants you to be responsible for the gift and the talent that you have so that way you don't allow yourself to be used or burnt out by. God wants us to be responsible and manage. God wants us to be a good steward. <clears throat> me. So that stewardship is not just pertaining to finances; it's pertaining to everything. Pertaining to why or you. In other words, whatever God has given you, He has entrusted that with you. That's something that He wants you to be responsible for. And get this: not relying upon other people to be responsible for what God gave you, you are responsible for it. And God wants you to be a better steward. God does not want you to be used. God does not want you to be pimped. And there are some people that will use it, that will that will use it and use you and run you dry. That will burn you out. You know, so you have, you have to make sure that you prayerful before you agree to anything. Be prayerful before you agree to Anything. <clears throat> also, along with those lines, being able to uh manage your talent, something else we have to learn to do. We have to learn to tell folks no. In other words, we have to tell folks no and be okay with it. There are some people that may get upset because we tell them no. Think about it. I ask you, can I use your car? You say no. Okay. Now get this. You gave me an answer. You said no. Should I get mad? No, I shouldn't get mad because you gave me an answer. What people have a problem with is not them getting the answer, but they don't like the answer that was given to them. You have to accept. You have to accept. The answer that people give you, but also on the same token, you, when people ask you something, be okay with saying no. And don't worry about, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Forget that. Their feelings going to get hurt if, if you say no. That ain't your problem. You're not responsible for other people's feelings when you're giving them truth. You're not responsible for that. Now, there is a way for you to tell them. You can tell them in a respectful way. But how they handle it, as long as you tell them what well, is a clear-cut answer, that's not your responsibility. Accept truth. Or if a person accepts truth, is not your problem. If a person or how a person may take it, that's not your problem. The thing is you just give them truth. And like I said, as long as you're saying it and giving it in love and in respect, the rest of it is on them. But understand, there are some people that may try to make you feel good to give you a guilt trip and all that stuff. Uh-uh. No. You have to be okay with telling people no. Also, making sure being okay with telling them no and also, which leads to the other thing, be confident with your decisions. Number one, being able to tell them no and not know,
0: well,
1: well, no. Uh-uh. Whatever you say, say it with confidence. Say it with confidence because what happened? If someone sees that you, well, see what happened. They're gonna to try to use you. They're gonna to try to wear you down. So tell, tell them no. Well, why not? To be honest with you, you don't listen. You don't owe anybody an explanation in your reasoning. If you say no, that's it. Ain't no need for you to argue. Ain't no need for you to even listen to the argument. Listen, being okay with saying no or whatever answer that you may say, that may not be what they want to hear. Like I said, that ain't your problem. Leave it as that and move on. Don't expect for them to move on sometime or move away. Sometimes you need to move away. You don't need to hear all that stuff because you think about it. Some people, they may try to agitate you, tick you off, and all that stuff, and you just come in just to tell them no, but then all of a sudden they're trying to ruin your day, and they're saying, no, you're ready to fight. you ready to fight because you told them no. That's not, that's not your problem. So don't make other people problem your problem or your responsibility. They need to be responsible for their response, not you. You're not responsible for that. So, like I said, learn to be confident with your decisions. The Bible tells us, let your yay be yay, or say it like this, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. That's it. If you already know in advance how you're going to answer, just say it. Listen, a yes or no shouldn't be a riddle. A yes or no shouldn't be a puzzle. You already know. Say it. So that way they can move on to someone that may be favorable towards them. That's it. There are so many people, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, I'm trying to do the right Christian thing. No, the real Christian thing is being upfront and honest instead of being manipulative. Now that's manipulative. Tell them yes or tell them no and leave it at that. That's it. I'm going to say it like this. This is a sidebar. This is a, bonus. Being safe ain't hard, but some people make it hard. You know, it ain't hard. It ain't hard. Just tell them yes or no and leave it at that. That's it. So being competent, we have to be able to be competent with our decision. In other words, we need to do some investigation before we give an answer. Study Study the pros and cons before you agree to anything. Don't be so quick to give an answer what you might end up regretting. Do your homework. And if somebody try to pressure you to give an answer, don't do it. If they continue to try to pressure you, the best thing to do is, look, come on. No. That's it. But. Making sure that you check all your options before you give a final verdict. Check all your options. Be very, very, very real and transparent with yourself. Which would be the best interest? And that's it. Don't answer to anything that's going to put you in a bind, a financial, a mental, an emotional, even a spiritual bind. So make sure even with your answers, even being confident with your answers, the only way you can be confident with your answers other than spending time to investigate the subject, most importantly, is talking to God. You know, if there's a decision that we have to make, I always recommend fasting and praying, really talking to God for you to be able to hear from him and don't give an answer until he gives the answer. If God does not respond, then you shouldn't respond. So make sure that you do not agree to anything until God gives you the answer. Don't give your answer until God gives his answers and make sure your answer coincides with his answer. And that's it. When you give, when you get your answers from God, he would give you the peace and the assurance. But what happens a lot of times, we step before God. Sometimes we don't consult God. Sometimes we consult God, but we end up answering anyway. That ain't your responsibility. That's God's responsibility. Like I always say, God knows the ending from the very beginning. You don't know. Most of the time, we, we move by our emotions. But God moves by the Spirit, and he knows everything. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows everything. He knows the beginning and the ending. He knows the motives of people. We don't. So we need to consult God before we give any answer. Because understand, sometimes when you don't consult God, what happens, we end up dealing with the consequences of our wrong decision. So that's why, and, and also even the people that we may uh, uh, have coming to us for the answers, a lot of times when we don't realize, a lot of times they may have a motive They may end up something that we may end up regretting for the rest of our life. So understand, everything may not be clear cut as, oh, uh, we may not be able to see everything from the very beginning, but God may, God may be looking and say, hey, this person, uh-uh, this person trying to mess up with my child. No, don't do it. Like I said, fast, pray, and God will reveal, but also, like I said, God will give you the answer. If you seek God, if you see God about a situation, I'm telling you from personal experience, God will give you the answer. And a lot of times, it might be something you like, well, God, tell me don't do it. Okay, so okay, I'm not going to do it. But it looked like it's going to be legit. It looked like everything will be all right. But God told me don't do it. You know what? If God said I'm not going to do it, then I say no. And then all of a sudden, years later, or even weeks or days, sometime later, God will reveal to you why he told you to say no or why he told you to say yes. You're like,
0: whoa, I didn't
1: see it at the time. God, thank you. God, you saved me from some drama. You saved me from, you know, uh, a problem that was way beyond my control. So understand, God knows the ending from the very beginning, and he knows what's best for us, and he knows everything. He got the insight of everything. The other thing we need to do, this is something, um, and this is, I kind of put this in a category, and this is about, uh, if you want to say, uh uh-oh, my my headphones, all the time my headphones are messed up, and now (laughs) it popped open. One of the other steps we need to do, we need to be a person of conviction. We need to be a person of conviction. Now, Whenever we get ready to do something, first of all, those that are believers of Jesus Christ has his spirit living in us. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And so what happens a lot of times when we get ready to do something, a lot of times God will, like I said, forewarn us about things. And get this, even if you think about doing something, there may be nobody else around. But because of it's something that may not be in agreement with God, you get this guilt. You get this feeling. You're like, oh boy, and it's like, you know, there are some people who have that parent that'll just whoop you. But then that some people have that parent that just talk to you, and them conversations is worse than a whooping. No, you
3: know you're not. Supposed,
1: or even if it's a grandparent, no, you know you're not supposed to do that. You know, and you you just feel so guilty. You know, so. Be a person of conviction where even the idea of doing something, it will grieve your spirit. I want you to think about this. Now, this is tied into the next thing I'm going to say, and God gave me a revelation that really blew my mind. Now, being a person of conviction, being aware of this. When you're a person of conviction, God is watching Now, going to the next step, be a person of integrity. Now, a few minutes when I was uh, preparing for this, God was showing me conviction and integrity are two different things. And I was like, okay, how? With conviction, God is watching. But with integrity, people are watching. I was like, wow. Let me say that again. With conviction, God is watching you. But with integrity, people are watching you. Understand, being a person of integrity, realizing that your reputation is always at stake. Being a person of integrity, letting you know that, hey, to some people, you are an influential person. You don't want to do anything that will steer people the wrong way. So be a person of integrity, being honest, being right. You know, like I said earlier, uh, seeking further the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning God's way of being right, doing the right thing the right way, being a person of integrity. This is all all talking about your character. Your character is who you are when nobody's watching. Your motive of doing things. In other words, being consistent. See, there are some people, they work very well when the supervisor is watching, when the supervisor is there. But will they have that same attitude and that same work performance if the supervisor is not there? If they won't, then... They have, I just to say it, they have poor work ethic and bad character. See, your motivation should not be because the supervisor is watching you. That should be instilled in you to do the right thing. Work ethic is not based upon because of supervisor. It should be because of you, The inner conviction that will tell you, I'm going to do it right the first time. There's an old saying that says, you know, some people, well, I ain't got time to do it, I ain't got time to do it. You say you don't have time to do it right, but you do have time to do it again. In other words, if you don't do it right the first time, you will be called back to redo it. You know, um I remember growing up many kids when I was in school used to always hear I uh, used I used to always hear them say, hey, they might be washing the dishes and they get to the last dish and kind of half wash it. You know what their parent would do? Instead of getting that last dish that they half wash, they get all the dishes and make them redo the whole thing. Wow. So let there be an inner principle within you. Being a person of integrity Like I said, being a person of conviction and also being a person of integrity. Another step. Now, this one might be kind of hard. We got to think about our appearance. Think about our appearance. There's an old saying that says, dress how you want to be addressed. Dress how you want to be addressed. Listen. There are some people, there are some people, they don't care about their appearance. But to be honest with you, if you want to go to the next step, you got to think about and be conscious of your apparel. You got to think about, look, you can put on a suit, but is the suit ironed, is it starched, or is it just all wrinkly and all that stuff, you know? Your shirt got stains on it, you know? I'm like, come on now. Also, groom. You have to groom yourself. We have to make sure that we understand that we are a walking billboard of whoever that we represent. You can represent your job. First of all, represent God. Represent your job. Represent your family. You know, one thing we have to think about, you have to think about your last thing. You know, I found out your first name says specifically who you are. Your last name lets you know who you come from. So understand, we all come from a family. We come from a what to say? There's a village. We all come from. Some people it might be say it's a gang of people in there, but understand that's who we represent. We represent those that we love and those that love us. So we got to be conscious of our apparel, be conscious of our, of, of, of our appearance. You know, um, you know, there are some people, you know, they don't comb their hair. You're like, come on now, you know, wash your face, you know, understand when you're leaving out the house, you're going out to face the world and you never know who you may encounter. There's an old saying that says, you know, sometimes, and I know this has happened, you know, You get ready to leave out the house. You put on something nice and all this stuff. You may run into some people or whatever. But when you just leave out the house and you're not expecting to see anybody and, you know, you you have on your uh, pajamas, you have the rollers in your hair, you got the scarf on, you know, you got the Noxzema on your face, and all of a sudden you go to the mall, excuse me, you go to the store, and next thing you know, you end up seeing, you know, somebody you're interested in. or You might see somebody, you like, somebody from the church, you're like, Oh, hey, how, how you doing? You know, I wasn't expecting to see anybody. But see, that's why we got to be, you know, 24-7 on all. We got to be ready and be on the call because of our appearance. You never know who you may see. And guess what? Like I said, we, representatives of Jesus Christ, we're ministers. So who knows? We might encounter somebody that needs a word of God, a word from God, or who may need prayer. You know, so you just never know. Just like a police officer or someone that's in law enforcement or a first responder, they're on twenty four hour call. So even though they may not be on the clock, you're still on call for duty, same way that we are as believers. So uh, groomed, also, and this is especially towards the guys, please pull your pants up, man. Look, it does not make any sense for a grown man to have his pants sagging and showing his underwear. I'm going to tell you, that's not that's not gentleman-like. And 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 this is something that God was dealing with me on, not to be hard, so to speak, because a lot of times they're just not informed. We don't have that conversation. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes when we see the guys that have their pants sagging and all that stuff, we like, man, you know, forget them and just walk off. It's easy for us to walk away from them. But how many of us would even just go up there to them and talk to them and love it? King wouldn't do that. Come on, my brother. You shouldn't do that. Come on, man. You know, some people don't understand because it's a fad it doesn't mean that you have to agree to it. Fads are not something that you all to participate in. So let's pull our pants up. And also, this is something else. And pulling our pants up, hmm. I'm gonna say this because I, I, I'm I'm so tired. I'm so tired of going to certain neighborhoods, and I smell all this weed. Look, there are some people they into that, but you know they will go outside, they smoke their weed, and next thing you know, you know. you know matter of fact I've seen this several times and I know some of y'all may have seen this too or experienced this you go to a store and you walk by somebody and they just smell like they smell like a whole a whole uh, uh, forest of weed I'm like man the thing is that's (laughs) not realizing that will make people not want to hire you. This <laughs> point blank. Nobody want to be smelling all that, man. You know, and it's not just the guys that are doing it. It's the females. You know, now I'll put it like this. To each his own. I'm not advocating it. No, I'm not. But there are some people, a it, it, matter of fact, we shouldn't have to know what you do in your personal time. You know, you think about it. You go to a job, you smell like alcohol. You go to a job, you smell like weed. Or let's put it like that. Let's put it like this. Imagine if somebody came to work and they smell like sex. You're going to say something. Well, if you're going to say something, saying it to them, we need to say something about the person that's coming in smelling like weed. Look, nobody want to smell all that, man. And look here, I ain't got time. To end up losing my career because I'm around somebody that smells like weed. They, that stuff is getting on my clothes, and next thing you know, you know, they give us a drug test, and I end up failing because I've been around this person. You know, or this person trying to smoke. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no. So, fellas, be conscious. Be conscious. If you want to be woke, if you really want to be woke, you don't have to have no marijuana to get you high. I'm telling for person personal experience, God you really talk to God, let him be responsible for giving you the knowledge that you need, also for you to have you know some people well you know I got anxiety uh, look here i've heard I've heard people say uh he helped me with my anxiety or um you know uh I, I'm trying to he helped me to think and all that stuff. No just trust God with that. I'm telling from personal experience. I'm saying it from personal experience. God will give you some nuggets. God will give you some revelations that blow your mind. So that's something I want to just share, you know, being able to, you know, Christmas <laughs> like weed. Also, work on, maintain, and be aware of your physical, mental, and emotional health. Be aware of your health mentally, mentally, physically, and emotionally know in other words, know your limitations, know your boundaries. Now, you may not you know be excuse me you may not be as fit as on Schwarzenegger, but we have to be conscious of our body, so many people. They wear themselves out. They wear their bodies out. We have to be conscious of that because you cannot you cannot override nature. God has designed for us to be able to have our bodies rested, non-stressed, uh, managed, stressed, eat, drink water. All these things that will help us to be able to live a healthier, longer life. You don't want to wear out your body because you only get one while you're on this side of earth. You only get one body. You issue one body on this side of glory. So you don't want to burn it out. You know, I see so many people, They, they. when I'm at my job, there are some people, I could swear that they're older than me, but then when I look at their information, they're younger than me. I'm like, good grief. Because what happens, sometimes a hard life will be hard on the body. And on that body, they can be physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. So be conscious. Be conscious of your health. Be conscious of your body. Be conscious of your mind. Like I said, being able to have some time where you can just get away. You know, just me being able to just watch things closer. On our job, they issue us a lunch break. They issue us lunch. They issue us a break. They issue us even vacation time. Now, if a job would incorporate that for us, think about if we're gonna incorporate that into our personal life. We have to be able to we have to be able to have that time for us to be able to just get away. Look at Jesus. Jesus many occasions, he would go up there to the mountain. You know, to be before the Father. He would get away from people. He would have some him time or some, some me time. He would have some me time. How about you have you some you time? Don't burn yourself out. Don't stress yourself out. Understand, you can't do everything. There are some times that we have to even just delegate responsibilities to people. So ask God to help us to be able to be aware of our boundaries. Be aware of our own boundaries and respect them. Don't go over your boundaries that you set for yourself. Also, now this section right here, this is talk about our work ethic. Be a person of principles and morals. Be a person of principles and morals. In other words, think about who you are to others. Think about who you are to others. If someone heard a rumor about you, do they know enough about you to hear that rumor and say, "No, uh, uh, uh-uh, no, nah. I didn't see them, but they don't even sound like him. They don't even sound like him. They don't even sound like her. No, uh, uh, uh-uh. I, I doubt that. Mm-mm. Matter of fact, I, I'll share y'all, I'll share with y'all this information. It, it really, it really, it really blessed me." I was at work and there was this inmate. You know, I've I've got what all uh what all happened, but there was an inmate that I ended up uh getting on. And because of me being black, he didn't like that. He didn't like me getting on him. And so he told my supervisor,
3: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: Prayda, right he cussed me out and no, all that my supervisor said, Now wait a minute, wait a minute. What what happened? Yeah, Prader, Prader,
3: he cussed me out. He told me this. Blah, blah, blah.
1: My son would say, no, you lying. Get out of here. <laughs> you know. And I thank God for that. Now, first of all, I didn't curse anybody out. Matter of fact, I don't have to use uh, vulgar language or. Um, but because of my supervisor know me well enough, you know, even though I was he wasn't there when I was talking to that guy, but he know me well enough to know I don't have to curse. You know, just him saying those things, letting them know, hey, uh-uh, no. First of all, that rumor, I can say it because I've been knowing, he said, I've been knowing Predator long enough. And I've seen him in several, several situations that were even more intense than what you're talking about. And he don't do that. And so, When people hear a rumor about you, they should know your integrity enough to know, "Mm -mm, no, that ain't mm -mm, no. And understand, not only them defending you, even if they're not there, but because they know your integrity, but also understand your integrity will reveal truth. It will expose a liar. Your integrity, your character will expose the lies or the rumors that they have said about you. And this is something I, I, I had, I was in a situation with that some years ago, and I had to really pray, because those that know me, I am a big thing pertaining to character. And when someone says something about me and they lie, they deliberately lie, that irritates the mess out I me. Mean, I, I can't stand a liar, I can't stand a bully. I cannot stand that. And when a person has to deliberately lie about my character, and especially you're supposed to be a Christian, not just a Christian, you're supposed to be a minister? Oh, no, uh-uh. Mm-mm. So I had to really, 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 really pray. And God began to really deal with me, especially even throughout the years. And I had a difficult time. I had a difficult time with it because I respect people, and especially I respect all people. But when I see people that's a person of influence, and they lie, but you're supposed to be a minister, I have a problem with that. So I thank God. Not only he revealed a lot of things, but I had to learn how to ignore and get over it. So that's something I wanted to share with y'all. So. Uh, being a person of morals and, like I said, pertaining to rumors, you know, your character should speak enough for you to eliminate those rumors, uh, to prove those rumors false. Along with the coming those rumors and everything, one thing we have to be conscious of, we have to be conscious. Whatever we do, whatever we do, it will be exposed, as good or bad. And so with that, not only in what we do, our behavior, what we say, it doesn't go away. That's why it's so important for us to be mindful on what we do, but also even what we post. There are so many people that have allowed themselves to get into so much trouble on social media because they post stuff or they do things that end up tarnishing their character or their reputation. Understand, even if you did something years ago, you got to think about the things that you do today, it may come back up tomorrow. <laughs> Excuse me. You want to make sure that you're responsible for your actions and your behavior. You don't want to do anything where you end up regretting something. You know, so many people, well, you know, uh, I, I, that's how I feel. But well, guess what? Let's just say, for example, you had an entry-level position at your job. You can say whatever you want to say. You can do whatever you want to do. And then all of a sudden, years later, you end up going up the chain of command and being a a person of great influence on your job. And then all of a sudden, what you did in the past, because you said a certain word or you, you said something negative about a group of people, and now it comes back up. And now you lose your job, as well as your career, and your reputation, your good reputation, because of something you said, and you end up having to make a statement. Well, I apologize for what I said. You know, I was young, and I, yeah, but there are certain things you got to remember. Certain things don't call for you to start saying or talking about. You don't have to say everything. You have to understand whatever you say. You could regret it. So be mindful of what you say and what you do. That's, what's, that's what we call being responsible. We have to be more responsible for what we say and what we do. So with the social media, look, just be mindful of what y'all be posting. Be mindful of what y'all say. Also, I mentioned earlier about um, oh, the rooms. Okay. So with social media, be prepared, post everything, and also be responsible. There are some people, they go on vacation and they take a picture. They they do a live stream on them being out of the state and there's nobody at their house. Now, if you go look here, if you want to post something, if you do post something, how about you post it when you get back in town? That's something that should be done so that way nobody be thinking that your house is empty. So with that, um, the other thing we have to do in us preparing for better, for greater, we must be prepared to have thick skin. We got to be prepared for thick skin. Even I mentioned about social media and rumors you know it's something about when a person is trying to uh do better in life there's gonna be people that's gonna come out the woodwork that's gonna try to lie manipulate hate or whatever we have to le- we have to learn to have thick skin also understand like I said, even having that thick skin, our reputation our character, not just at stake but also hey, be prepared for false accusations. Be prepared for it. That's something that we have to really ask God to help us with. So, understand our reputation. Our reputation, good or bad, it can be built up or it can be torn down. So, we have to be conscious of that. Also, be a person of consistency. Be a person of consistency when you're working. When you have the work ethic, keep working. You know, sometimes you may not. You may not. Get that door open that first time, but keep knocking. You know, we need to be persistent and consistent in whatever we do. One of the things I always said, um, God reminded me some years ago, God ain't moved by your tears, but he's moved by your sweat. I'll say it again. God ain't moved by your tears, but he's moved by your sweat. We got to work at it. Like I said, we've got to be consistent, consistent and persistent. We have to make sure to continue to stay on the course and fight. Sometimes that no, sometimes that no is not a permanent no. Sometimes that no could be a not yet. Sometimes it could be where you may not be ready, or it may be where you're ready, but the scenery may not be ready. So that, that's something we have to be able to do. We have to be able to start being persistent and can continue to do it, continue to work. Don't allow anything to stop us or hinder us. We need to continue to work. So, like I said, being consistent. Now, the, the next level, whew, this one, somebody is hitting me. The next level is about communication. Work on your communication skills. That's verbal, listening, and also penmanship. (laughs) Working our communication skills, verbal, we got to be able to expand our vocabulary more than just saying adult words. You know, there are so many people, every other word is a cuss word. Expand your vocabulary because when you have limited vocabulary, and when I say limited, that doesn't mean that uh, a broken English or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for those who all all they do is incorporate foul words into their language. Look, you limit your audience. You limit your audience. You know, I'm gonna say it like this. There's a singer called Bruno Mars. Now, he's hot. A lot of a lot of uh, people they know about him and everything, but I heard one of the songs that he had in. And I'm listening, I'm like, oh, man. But see, I was thinking, and a, a kid, a kid don't need to be listening to that. So even if some of the songs, they may have a nice beat, but think about it. A, a lot of the kids now, they listen to too much stuff. Uh, they listen to too too much adult content already. But we don't need to be adding fuel to the fire. So we, what we need to do is being able to have the, verb, the uh, vocabulary and communication skills for us to be able to make sure that there's a level of understanding, but also, like I said, all that cussing and vocal language, that ain't necessary. There's a time and a place for everything. Now, if you do it behind closed doors, if you do it at your own uh, private of your home, that's on you. But when it comes down to a business sense, when it comes down to the business sense, we don't need to be hearing all that, you know. So um, verbal, verbal skills. The other step is listening skills. We need to be able to learn how to listen and not just be able to learn how to listen, but making sure that we help a person to feel that they're being heard. One of one of the things that's very frustrating is when you try to talk to somebody, and like I said, this is even in a business sense business sense or ministry sense. You're talking to them and they're not saying anything but you still feel unheard. You wanna make sure that the person that you may be speaking to you wanna make sure that you make them feel that you're there and you're listening. You you underst you understand or you are there to get an understanding. You're there to help. You want you want them to feel like they're valuable. So making sure that you make a person feel heard. And even if need be, hey, even recite back. Recite back to them. Okay, so are you saying that blah, 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 blah? You know, it's all about communication. Make sure that the communication level is there. Also, now this is something that, This pertains to communication. Penmanship. Now, I know now many of us, we use the computer to send an email or print off, type, whatever. But with me, I know that's something I'm working on now, my penmanship. My penmanship, it could be better. I know that. Sometimes, and this is just me, sometimes I write write fast. I write fast to try to catch up with the way I think. I think fast. Sometimes I be thinking, matter of fact, uh, a couple of years ago, I was doing, I was multitasking. I think I was writing four or five different things at once. And I had five, I had four or five spirals and I was, you know, writing with my left hand and with my right hand and I was doing this, and doing that, you know, and so. Sometimes with my handwriting, sometimes I'm the only one that knows what I'm writing. Sometimes I deliberately do it just in case somebody may try to find my stuff. But then there are other times that I'm looking and I can't even read my own handwriting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, <laughs> we got to be able to um, work on our penmanship. Work on our penmanship. Uh, ready? And last but not least... With the um communication, I actually <clears throat> me, I actually had this before. Pymanship. In the communication skill, now this is also going into the listening part. When we're talking to someone or if someone is talking to us, we have to maybe able to make eye contact. Um I can't stand when I'm trying to talk to somebody and they here. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you, Uh uh-uh, look at me, you know. So that's pretty much self-explanatory, eye contact, eye contact. So going towards the ending of uh, this section, the next section, and us being able to prepare ourselves for the next level and everything, a couple of last things that will really help us find a mentor a role model or a goal model. Look and see if there's someone that you can model. Uh, like I said, it can be pertaining to a career. Uh, there are some people, you know, regardless if you know them personally or not, you may not have ever met a person, but especially now with the advent of computers and uh, uh search engines and stuff, you know, they just say whatever career that you're into, you may find somebody that may be successful in that career, and you may want to emulate that. Or it could be somebody in a whole total different uh career path, but they may have some principles or work ethic that you can kind of copy and paste and incorporate that into your life. You know, <clears throat> you know, uh, the work ethic that I have, I, I actually got it from Prince. Um, you know, sometimes that do it. Now, <clears throat> I didn't know him personally, so to speak, and of course, some of the people that I knew are associated with him or worked with him or whatever like that. So, uh, thank God for that, me getting a chance to know some people on a personal level and that knew him and work, knew his work ethic. And, uh, you know, like matter of fact, I was told uh this is a story, um I was told that um he was making Purple Rain and there was a scene that they felt like that really needed a song to kinda of put the punch in the movie. And so the director had told Prince, Hey, look, I want you to uh I want you to get a song and we need to have it in this scene right here. And then You know, that was the end. That was the wrap for today. Well, the next morning, he came in. Look, now, normally, some people, it would take them days or even weeks to create a song, whatever. That dude, Prince, had the freaking song in his hand and handed it to them. And they were like, now, this dude wrote a song. He performed the instruments. He performed with the instruments. He edited it as well as had rehearsal with uh, the time. He came in the next morning with the song, and it was the last song for the movie Purple Rain. And that last song ended up being the first single off of Purple Rain. And that song was When Doves Cry. That became his first big hit. But the work ethic, you know, and it was saying that he will make a song a day. You know, so, um, you know, just the work ethic and, and also being able to practice, practice, practice on his instrument. Um, even uh, like George Benson, George Benson, um, he would catch the bus and he would always have his guitar. He would practice his guitar, play his guitar, play his guitar, you know. So that's part of the things that I will always do. You know, when I would go to the barber shop when I was younger, I always grabbed my guitar, and a lot of times, some people didn't know who I was without my guitar. So that was that was kind of an interesting thing. So, like I said, being able to have a role model, um, like I said, if you want if you want to go somewhere in life, sometimes you have to be able to be very disciplined. I know myself. I'm one of the main ones. I'm one of the main ones. I'm I'm a perfectionist. When it comes down to myself and also my work ethic, I will push away everything else. I don't care if it's uh, going to a movie or even eating. Sometimes if I'm focused on something, everything else will wait. I want to finish this. So not being, you know, focused and not being afraid of challenges, not being afraid to meet the challenge head on, but what will help us and give us the confidence doing those challenges if we do our homework, study, and not rely upon somebody else to study for us. This is us studying for ourselves. Also, and this is, uh, get ready to, like I said, get ready to wrap it up, and then we're going to go to the phone line. Do everything unto the Lord. Do everything unto the Lord. Do everything unto the Lord. You go to Colossians three, twenty-three and 24 on, on that. Do everything unto the Lord. You know, even if you're working right now, you may not stand, you may not stand your supervisors, but even though, or your boss, even though that supervisor, hey, he may benefit from your work performance, but ultimately, God is your boss. So, you do it with all your heart you give all your heart all your mind to your job performance do it and like i said you're doing it unto the lord do it as if you're not giving it to your boss but you're giving it to god you wouldn't have to do something for god so why have to do it for your job also understand when we do those things, like I said, it puts us in a position where people can see our work ethic, and we have to be able to do it in a way where we can be able to say, you know what, God, here, i am giving you my best. So, with that, and also, we gotta be obedient to God. Understand this, obedience to God will grant you favor towards people. People will invest, people will invest when they see how they always say, if you got some skin in the game. You know, I I, I love the show called Shark Tank, and I'm watching a lot of the investors. A lot of times they would determine if they're going to invest or not if the person that came in wanting the, the investors, if they have any money invested into their product or into their company. If you don't have any money invested into it, then that means that you don't believe in your own company. So why should I invest my money if you haven't invested your money? Why should I believe in your product or in your company if you don't believe in yourself? So, but understand, even with, you know, God will give you favor with people. When you're doing the best you can, when you're doing it from your whole heart, God will give you favor with people. And understand, people will reward you for your work, your work ethic, and your consistency. Also, this is a little extra. Take inventory of the people or the folks that are in your circle. Take inventory of the people that's within your circle. Sometimes we are guilty about association. Sometimes you may be give, look, you may have a business mindset. You might have a, you might have a multi-million dollar mindset a multi-million dollar business mindset. But if you're dealing with people who have a bankrupt mindset, then even though you might like them as a friend, or they might be a, 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 a neighborhood friend, but if you know that that person does not have, don't have the same mindset or work ethic as you, then you can you incorporate them when they are not interested in growth. That's why that old saying, sometimes you have to be able to trim the fat. Sometimes we have to take inventory of the people and, hey, it ain't nothing personal, but put them in a the category as, hey, non-business and keep those who are business-minded in the other section. So business, non-business, or uh, business, personal. So being able to just have that mindset. And last but not least, if you be faithful over a few things, God will make you ruler over many. That's one of the concepts, if we really think about it, understand if you can manage and if you can be responsible with few, God will bless you with many. If you can be be responsible and faithful with a few things, God will make you responsible or manage much. But in order for you to manage much, you got to be faithful and consistent with the little that he already gave you. Be appreciative of what God gave you. And if you are appreciative and if you, can, if you manage it, growth will come from what God gave you. I think about in the Bible, you know, God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He already gave you everything that you need. But understand, he gave you everything that you need. But if you're responsible for what he already gave you based upon your needs, then what you want will be the growth from what you need. In other words, your surplus, your surplus will come from what God already gave you. So what we have to do is be mindful and responsible for what God has already invested within us, and then what we want will grow. I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go to here right now. Okay. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Regna and Mahal. We're on the air. How you doing today?
4: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: doing great doing great doing great doing great just wanted to go ahead and let you uh come on in and then you know just you can give in your i don't want to say two cents you can give in your th- two dollars <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey two cents two dollars as long as i give all i got <laughs> it's still gonna yeah. work um but yeah um i just want to say uh um, i really appreciate this show uh i love the show uh in fact i basically just had this uh you started off talking about a father son um uh, conversation but uh I just had this with com same similar conversation with uh, both of my daughters. Uh two of my daughters, let me put it that way. I got others <laughs> but I just had a conversation with them about this and uh you I mean you covered all the bases. Um, you know, from time management, um to daily activities, um you know, um, but one of the things uh that really struck me was you know telling people how to recognize their character flaws that's that's a big one there um because if you can get yourself straight um whatever flaws you might have, you know nobody's perfect uh, especially when it comes to business when it comes to your uh spiritual life uh if you can get those things together and get get straight, then that's gonna help you be successful. And um, and the total package of what you're talking about uh, is just creating structure for your life, and that structure starts with God, like you said at the beginning, and then just being careful. I remember just being careful of what you say yes to, right? And so um, I just thank God for this lesson. It was a, it was a great lesson. Um, you also talked about you know counting the cost, you know before we say yes to people or to things or uh, so forth and so on, we need to count the cost. That means, you know, like you said, investigating, you know, investigating the things that we're getting ready to get into or the things that we're going to do. But it was just a great lesson. I just want to leave y'all with something my fifth grade teacher taught us. I never forgot this. I didn't always apply it, but I never forgot it. And every day we would have to say, what I am today, I will be tomorrow. And what that means is what you practice on being today, you know, every day is a building block to your future. And so whatever you're doing right now, if it's wrong and you keep doing it, that's what you're going to be tomorrow. But if you can change and you can do what's right, which that's what God wants us to do is to do what's right, then you're going to be a righteous person in the future. And that's all I have to say. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate
1: that. And, uh, you know, even when you were speaking about – you know, being able to take constructive criticism, one of the things that, um, that really helped me that I was really paying attention to was um, there are some people, of course, there are some people that are going to try to tell you the wrong thing or whatever like that. But mm-hmm. in case someone try to give you some advice, you watch their life. A lot of times right. when people try to come to you for advice, you know, if, if, Let's say let's just say like if uh Bill Gates come up to me right now, try to tell me, Hey, uh, hey, how you doing, man? I know I know about you and uh, I know you're trying to do this. Today. This is what you need to do and he talked to me about my finances. Now technically a lot of time us as men, it it can really hit our ego mm-hmm. our pride when people try to talk to us about our finances. You know, mm-hmm. but we have to look at who's giving us that advice. Right. That person is already at where we're trying to get to. So we need to really be listening, you know, and um, right. you know, le- learn the difference between um, a put down or constructive criticism. Exactly. And we, if we just look at who's giving us that advice um mm-hmm. that would really help us and even if it's somebody that you may not even I'm not gonna say uh I'll put it in somebody that you may not even be favorable with. Right. Someone you may not even, you know, uh I'd say you may not even like, but somebody come up to you mm-hmm. and give you some constructive criticism that is right. helping you that will help you in the long and short term, take heed to it right. because sometimes God will use unlikely people to give you information. And the That's test correct. is, the test is if this person come up to me and I reject them because I don't like them, I'm not even paying yes. attention to the truth of they're saying, then all of a sudden, right. hey, God, look, God may have brought help to an unlikely person. And, That's but right. because I have my wall up because I don't like this person, then I'm not only rejecting that person but i'm also rejecting god and god's advice so mm-hmm. so i i totally agree with what you said you know
4: yes sir
1: yes sir yeah well i appreciate you i appreciate you and uh continue and thank you for your support and i'll see okay. you down
4: the road all right we'll see you then yes sir have a great night
1: all right all right take care out. okay
4: we'll go to the next
1: line Uh-oh, go over here. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Rick and my heart. You're on the air. Hello,
2: how are you?
1: Doing great, doing great, doing great. How How was your week?
2: It was good. It was, you know, busy but productive and not too busy. It was really good. Yeah.
1: Well, good, good,
2: good. And I I really, okay, go ahead. <laughs>
1: No, 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 no. I, I wanted to tell you while I was thinking about it, I want to tell you right now, thank you for your support and everything. And uh just wanted to share that with you right quick.
2: Thank you. Thank you for, you know, just your wisdom that you share with us. Well, you, you know, just allowing God to use you as that vessel. I just really appreciate you all. And I'm just so grateful. You're such a blessing in my life. And I praise God for you. Um, But I just wanted to speak on a few things you were saying, if that's okay. And I have a question, of course. (laughs) Okay. So Okay. So um, this is a really powerful message, Um, just very impactful. What stuck out to me the most was when you were – because I timed in, like, maybe 15 minutes in, but I still got a lot out of it but what stuck out to me the most was when you were talking about um smoking weed and you know just um how people like just struggle with things and they use that but like it's offensive to people and um i it just made me think about how god you know because i i have struggled with that myself um it was just how i coped with things and so it just reminded me and made me just super grateful of how God has delivered me from that. Um, but, um, I don't know if anyone's listening, you know, that may struggle with certain things like that. And I just feel led to like encourage them. Um, but that you can't like just like I couldn't just stop doing it. Cause you know, after I got saved, I started to have a conviction about doing that. And, um. So I prayed that God would take it from me, you know, and I just stopped doing it, but I was really struggling. So I couldn't just stop doing that. Like I had to replace it with something else. So every time I struggled and I like wanted to smoke because it was because for so long I had just woke up, woke up and done that. And every time I was, I would do that. And so my brain was trained to do that. So I couldn't just stop doing it. I had to uh, renew my mind and I had to um, replace that with something good and create these new pathways in my mind. So whenever I would struggle with that, I would just pray or get in my word or I'd journal or talk to someone and eventually now like whenever I feel that way I just pray or I write or get in my word and now I don't even crave it anymore and now when I walk down the road and I smell it sometimes it's offensive to me and it makes me nauseous so it's just amazing how God can really take that taste out of your mouth when you start searching after him and seeking him and how he will just replace those things um, with him and with his desires and you know he'll literally like take that taste out of your mouth, and I just remember, like, there were times where I would just leave church and, and go right and do that, and I would feel really convicted, you know, and so it just makes me grateful to think about those times of how God has really delivered me from that, um, but it wasn't until I asked him to help me, and um, when I stopped, uh, I had to replace it with with um his with with something good you know with his word and spending time with him and with his desires, and he you know really transformed my mind in that and my desires, and now I don't even crave it, so it's really amazing and I'm super grateful for that, and I know if he did it for me that he can do it for anyone, but you know you you also have to do what he tells you to do, and you can't just expect him to just take it from you, you know, but he can take it from you it's just Sometimes we have to do our part as well, and um, it's amazing hearing you know you talk about certain things. And I'm just so grateful when I'm just reminded of what God has brought me from, and you know it just gives me hope for people. You know that you know He can do the same for them, um, and you know it's just I'm just super grateful. Um, but also, I have a you were talking about um you're talking about you know like when people um you know like assassinate our character or you know people that came to be christians and they they lie on us and um assassinate our character, and you were saying, and you really encouraged me because I'm actually going through this right now, why I have recently went through this um where it's like you said it would really, like, frustrate you, you know, when people would claim to be a Christian or a minister and they'd, like, lie on you and stuff or, like, lie. And that has actually happened to me recently where someone was lying on me and really attacking my character at my job. Well, you said that, you know, um, this is – I'm leading into my question. So you were saying that um, it was hard. It was hard for you to not let it bother you, but you had to learn to let it, to not let it bother you. And so my question is how, like, do you not let it bother you? You know, is, does that, like, just come with time or, you know, just a few times it's happening? Like, how do you not let it bother you? Because I find myself, you know, it, it does bother me. And I know who I am, so I don't really let it, like, affect me in a sense of, like, where it. I don't know, but it does bother me, and you were saying how you have to learn how to not let it bother you, so my question is like, how do you not let it bother you and not let it get to you or affect you in that way okay
1: uh well first, um, when I faced the situation a uh, major situation that um that really challenged me in the area, one of the things I did was I was talking to God, and I told God. I didn't do, uh, first of all, I'm not guilty of any of these accusations. That man plain, point out, lied on me to someone that I really, really, really cared about and loved. And mm-hmm. so what God began to do with me was, did I have anything to do with him lying upon me? And I said, no. He said, well, understand what the devil meant for evil he can use it for my good and so the thing i one of the things i started doing i immediately had to learn to forgive him being honest with you i did not for, i did not want to forgive him immediately i hated him yes Yes, I hated him because I I saw wow. what he was doing, and I saw I saw a motive. I saw a lot of things at the time. I saw a lot of things that I did not like, and it it made me very very uncomfortable. Even growing up, I've always been mm-hmm. the type to uh, stand up against bullies and all that stuff. This right here, I saw an evil spirit. I did not like it, but God told me. I can't I can't let him make me miss my blessings. So I had to forgive. Now, I always tell people, in that forgiveness, that doesn't mean that you automatically trust that person. That doesn't mean that you give them your trust. You give them your you give them your forgiveness. You give them your respect, but you don't give them your trust. And so with that then what God began to do was tell me to look for look for the ways and the opportunity for him to use that that I dealt with to incorporate that in my ministry so with that what he was showing me was that was a part of some people say church hurt or hurt from the church I began to start I began to start speaking to more people that was dealing with the same situation, and a lot of them had not been to the same magnitude as me, but I began to utilize that to let people know, hey, look here, you see me, and if God can help me, he can help you. And so that was another tool that I was able to learn from, me being able to not allow myself to step or stoop down to his level. Also, one of the things I found out was when you begin to hate a person, when you begin to allow a person to change your attitude, they have control over you. And that was one of the things I had to be aware of, him not having control of me. Even if he did, he wasn't aware of it. And I'm going to say, you, I never met that man before in my life. I, I never met him. I never met him, but someone that I was dating at the time knew him and all that stuff. So he never met me. He was just saying some things, and he even said, you know, the Lord said, and just point blank, he just lied, and I found out some more things about him. But those things, I began to really start looking at and try to use that for me to be able to make me a better minister, make me a better father, make me have a tougher skin or a thicker skin. So I was looking at different ways I could be able to improve, even though those things were not true. Looking at those things to help me to be able to help somebody else when they go through what I went through. That, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, uh, look at it as a homework assignment and write down Mm -hmm. some things. You know, um, I got this from my dad. I I write down a lot of stuff, but, um, (laughs) you know, just utilizing that as an opportunity for me to be able to really just help people because what happened, you know, a lot of stuff that we go through that we deal with is not just for us, but it's for someone else, and I guarantee you, keep on living, keep on talking to God. Somebody gonna be encountering you that's going through what you went through. And also on the same token, this actually even helped me to be able to even understand my legal and my spiritual rights. Because a lot of time what happened for those that were like us, you know, we well, you know, I wish they'd leave me alone. But in actuality come to find out, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't, I'm not supposed to tolerate this, you know. So even in what you may be dealing with, regardless if it's on the job or somewhere else, being able to understand what are your rights, a lot of times those situations come up and realizing, hey, you know what, I have a right to, you know, this person is infringing on my rights. So, you know, this is a... An opportunity where you might be the one or uh, the chosen one for you to be able to maybe even just address it, even in a legal way, because somebody else may have dealt with the same thing, but they may not have known how to handle it, or they may not said anything. They might have just been passive about it. But we have rights, and one thing, and I'm, I'm gonna say like this: for example, if I'm your supervisor and and uh, you're supposed to be working for me, well, just like how I can get on you and write you up, well, understand mm-hmm. that the pen pushes both ways. Just like I can write you up, you can write me up. And a lot of times right. we're not aware of our rights until we're in a situation where we end up having to find out what our rights are and exercise them. that, that makes sense? Yeah, also, uh, I do wanna tell you before I forget, I wanna tell you thank you for your testimony earlier. I never mm-hmm. dealt with I never dealt with marijuana or anything like that. So, you know, me just point blank telling somebody, hey, hey, God can deliver you from that okay, that's that's true. That sounds fine and dandy but I don't have personal experience from that. Now there's something God had delivered me from That's not even associated with marijuana, but on the other hand, for you to come up and for you to even just, you know, confess and share with the audience what God can do. And especially if someone is dealing with that specific situation, they ought to know that if God did it for you, he can do it for them. So I wanted to make sure to uh, address it and tell you, thank you for even bringing that up because a lot of time, especially in, in this day and time, people need to know that God is able to do any and everything. And I remember growing up, yeah. we would often see church and, you know, see the healing and, and, and deliverance. But a lot of times in this day and time, people feel like those things just happened in the Bible time or old folks time. But God can do that right now. And you being a, a great yeah. testimony,
2: huh? I'm agreeing. Like, yes, he can now miracles popping every day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so you.
1: I want I wanted to tell you. I thank you. I thank you for sharing that and uh, continue to let God use you. And once again, I appreciate everything that God is doing for you and what you're doing for others.
2: Yes, I appreciate you. I just he just blows my mind. I think it's so cool how. You know, he just um, speaks to us in different ways, but it's every time, it's always like something that I go through, I struggle with that, you know, I listen to a sermon or a podcast like yours, and it's like something that I'm going through that I've overcome. So I just, he just is so amazing how he, you know, brings us through those things and helps us through those moments and gives us wisdom for other people going through that and I mean, it's just not a coincidence that you were talking about this at this time, so he's just so amazing, and I just love how he does that, and he just never ceases to blow my mind so thank you again for you know just being obedient and you know overcoming your maybe your fears and um just being that vessel for him, so I just really appreciate you, so thank you so much, okay, I'm done. <laughs>
1: My honor, my honor I thank you and to be continued
2: Yes sir Alright,
1: alright, take, take care Okay, we got uh, Two more people and then we're going to get ready To wrap it up Hello, welcome to Rick and My Heart You're on the air, how you doing today? The next person Hello Hello, hello, welcome to Rick My Heart You're on the air, how you doing today?
5: Hello. Yes.
1: Yes. How you doing today? Hello. Hello. Can uh, you hear me?
5: Yeah, I can hear you. I'm, I just want to get you hear me. Okay. Yes. Yes. I can hear you. Okay. All right. How you doing on this beautiful Sunday night?
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. To... How about okay. you? Okay. All
5: right. I was listening to you. You had so many beautiful things of teaching people how to be prepared uh, uh, for their preparation. I enjoyed your title uh god is preparing us for uh, greater or either prepare yourself for greater however you want to look at it and i just took a few notes you know me (laughs) and and i I just took focus that god wants us all to be prepared all to prepare for greater so many times he allows different sets of circumstances in our life and and here's the clause or one of the greatest keys we must be willing to go through the preparation stage and that's where many people fall out is because we can't finish uh, the preparation stage. There's a stage of preparation that we go through things to be allowed, uh, like you are saying, you was talking about character, ethics, uh, patience, and different other things that God uh, tries to prepare us for or tries to build in that's why we're going through that stage. And then uh, I had another note that says God wants to promote us in his kingdom or kingdom work. Okay, and, and then uh, my other note was God lets us know he He has kept, He God has kept some great, very great things for us in First Corinthians 2 and 9. It says, it says, but as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor entered to the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that, what, that love him. And then I went on to say, for God says, don't worry about the suffering we're going through. That's to, talking to your honest tonight. So we can't worry about things that we're suffering. We have to look at, uh, we have to stay focused on what the preparation stage and, and and then what God is going to reward us after the preparation stage because he says in Romans eight eighteen, for it reckoned that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And God wants to reveal those things that's already in us. He's trying to bring it out through the preparation stage. And I just enjoyed your whole text there on that. Uh, the preparation stage, and I I just hope that people realize that anything that we prepare for, there's some things that we've got to go through. I mean, if you're preparing to go out of town, you have to pack some bags, okay, and then you have to call a cab or Uber or somebody to come get you to take you to the airport. So everything that we go through in life, there's a preparation stage. If we're trying to finish school, there's a preparation stage. You know, if we're trying to cook, there's a preparation stage. So we must be willing to uh, uh, go through that preparation stage in order to get the results of it. So I just enjoyed your show and didn't want to say too much, but just letting you know we were supporting you tonight and we was listening to you. Uh, and uh, uh, to all the media outlets that we can get a hold of today, and I just thank God for these outlets that we have now. We can be anywhere and everywhere all the time.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I I definitely appreciate it, and, um, you know, I'm glad you uh, mentioned the word uh, faithful and, you know, just being able to just um, understand just putting him first do our part and when we do our part that allows him to do his part <clears throat> and even and even just that that waiting period sometimes that waiting period sometimes we give up in our waiting period sometimes we give up if you want to say in the spiritual waiting room of life you know some people will give up some people walk out but God wants us to be able to just be patient a lot of time even just that patience if we can be patient it really it really helps us with that character building in that waiting period. You'd be surprised in that waiting period what comes out of us. Uh, sometimes not just what, what comes into us, but what comes out of us. You know, sometimes we end up learning more, knowing more about ourselves in that waiting period. So I just wanted to just make sure to bring that up. Okay, he dropped the call. Okay. Okay, so with that being said, I appreciate, I appreciate, appreciate each and every one of you all. We're going to get ready to give everything to God right now in prayer. This We got a few more minutes, but I want us to think about everything that we have before God. God want to, like Minister Tim was saying, God want to bless us. God want to uh, give us, give us the things that he had always planned, but the main thing, are we ready? And we need to be ready, not just with our lip service, but with our actions, with our mindset. You know, a lot of times we want a million-dollar business, but we got a 20-cent mindset. And our thinking, sometimes our thinking could get us into a whole debt of trouble. Sometimes even not just our way of thinking, but even just sometimes because of our heart, sometimes we may – give out or sometimes we may invest because uh, to the wrong people or to the wrong company because, well, I'm trying to help. It's been so many people that God has blessed it, but they have mismanaged it and tried to help everybody and everybody was not their assignment. There are some people that we just have to really just understand no matter who they are. There are some people they don't want more. They don't want. I don't care how much money you give them because their mindset has not changed. And some of them may say that they save or not save or whatever. But the key thing is we have to be a better steward with what God has given us. And so this is the time for us to be able to really just go to God and ask Him to help us to be prepared to be ready for the things that God want us to have or want us to do. And so also, in this case someone who may be watching who may not be saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So this is the time for you to give everything over to God, not just to sing, But also even yourself. They have the Father be coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God, we acknowledge your presence on today. We come to you right now, God. First of all, God, ask you, God, to forgive us, best. Anything that's unlike you, God. Forgive us, cleanse us, and make us whole. God, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. We come to you right now, God. Ask God to help us right now, God, in every area of our lives, God. Help us, God, to be uh, mindful, God, of the stewardship and the responsibilities that you have given us to uh uh, get ready but lord help us god to stay ready god for the things that you have given us god and the responsibility that you have given us god we ask you god to help us right now god to put you first in every area of our lives right now god help us god to surrender our ways our thoughts everything over to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we bind everything the devil stands for. We cancel the devil's assignment right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, God, for being an awesome God, for being a faithful God, for being a, committab- a, a, a committable God. We thank you right now, God, for loving us right now, God. So, God, ask you, God, to help us right now, God, to give you what's due to you, God. And that's our obedience, our praise, and our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, our word to you right now God help us God even while we're waiting God help us God to not lose heart not pain right now God help us God to seek you in every endeavor of our lives right now in the name of Jesus and Lord we ask y'all to forgive us God if we have mismanaged anything God if we have disobeyed you in any area of our lives right now God in the name of Jesus and, Lord, we speaking right now, God, for those who are sick, God, touch and heal their bodies right now, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, touch and heal their bodies right now, God. Bring healing right now, God, to the mind right now, those who are confused in their mind right now, God, those who are troubled in their spirit right now, God, help them and give them that desire to surrender themselves to you right now, once and for all right now, God, and help us, God, to cast all of our cares, all of our anxiety, God, anything that They may be troubling us, God. Help us, God, to give to you, God. We, We are no longer responsible for fixing our problem, but we're giving it to you right now, and we seek your counsel right now in the name of Jesus. God, even those, God, that may be blaming themselves, God, or blaming others, God, help us, God, to be accountable and responsible for the things that you have given us, God. God, we speak it right now, God, for those who are grieving, God. Comfort them. Be with them right now, God. Let them understand that you never left them right now, God. God, even be speaking right now that you fill every void right now, God. That you heal their broken hearts, God. That you face their confused minds right now. In the name of Jesus and Lord, we speaking, God, for a blessed week, God. We speaking, God, for a prosperous week. First of all, spiritually right now, God. Help us, God, to have the insight, God. There are some right now, God, that may be confused right now, God. God, we speaking right now, God. Do you get giving that spirit of desire Sermon right now, in the name of Jesus, God, help them, God, to see the unseen, right now, God, and help you reveal, right now, God, and to obey you in what you reveal, right now, in the name of Jesus, God. We speak,ing God, for those who may uh, uh, want to know what their spiritual gifts are, God. We speak,ing God, that you minister to them, God, and reveal, right now, God. We speak,ing God. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, what you're going to do, God. But most importantly, for who you are right now, God. We thank you. We praise your name right now, God. And, God, we're speaking right now, God, for those who may be dealing with problems on their job right now, God. We're speaking, God, that you come to the rescue. You come to their aid right now in the name of Jesus right now, God. Help them, God, to understand how to manage through problem or the situation, God, but most importantly, God, to cast it upon you right now. In the name of Jesus, to me give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one who tuned in. Um, for those who may want to get in contact with me, you can catch me on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook where you can see my daily devotions and also videos also, you can go to my website at com. You see my daily devotions and also my videos and personal appearances. Also, you can go to my, the source section of my website. You can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men were written to inform men the needs and responsibilities towards their family, their children, even their children's mother. But also, this is also even for ladies, for them to uh, see the uh, characteristics or the character of a uh, future husband or future father, stepfather, whatever, to their children. Also, this book, uh, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, this is uh, to my sister, uh, Sheila Prater. Uh, she was killed uh, due to a domestic violence relationship. Um, like I said, this is just me just talking and just, just sharing our lives uh, with the world. But uh, I thank you, each and every one of y'all who tuned in. I thank y'all so much for y'all love, y'all prayers, y'all support, and I thank y'all and I pray that you all have a great, 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 great week and we're claiming it right now in Jesus' name. But God bless you all and good night.